You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. As we return to our offices, we are realizing that we are now practicing in a different time in dentistry. COVID-19 has been a game changer for all of us, and it has hit the dental profession especially hard. So in light of this, we have a new normal, and we need to make sure we communicate this new normal to our patients. To help us put this all in perspective is our guest, Dr. Scott Benjamin, an internationally recognized expert, lecturer, and trainer on dental lasers and advanced dental technologies, and is in private practice in rural upstate New York. Dr. Benjamin has faculty appointments at several universities and is the chairman of the ADA Standards Committee Working Group on Dental Lasers and is a past president of the Academy of Laser Dentistry. Before we get started, I would like to thank Midmark for sponsoring this podcast. Midmark is a great company. I know many of the folks over there, and I can tell you they are great people to work with and have a stellar reputation. Midmark designs solutions for dentists around the world that result in better care by harmonizing the clinical space, technology, and workflows, integrating ergonomic support, and maintaining the principles of safety for patients and staff are always at the center of design. So if you're looking for a single source leader for planning, equipping, and developing better utilization of operatory, imaging, instrument processing, dental cabinetry, and mechanical room solutions, I encourage you to go online and visit midmark.com dental. You'll be happy you did. And now let's welcome our podcast guest, Dr. Scott Benjamin. Scott, thanks for joining us on Dental Talk. Well, Phil, it's always a pleasure being here. My first question is, what do we have to do differently in this challenging environment? The most important thing that we have to do in dentistry at, the, at this time is to communicate to everybody involved in dentistry that it is safe, that we want to reassure everybody that what we are doing is going to be in their best interest and is needed. As we know, in many dental offices, the primary people that communicate with patients are not the dentist, but actually their staff members. So having the staff members intimately involved in the protocols that you want to put together for patient communication and what is being said, when is it being said, and how is it being said becomes extremely, extremely important. And another real important aspect we tend to overlook is who is saying it to them. Having the patients be reinsured by a hygienist that they're very comfortable with that this is what's going on is a very good thing or with a dental assistant that they're familiar with is a very, very important thing. Having the transparency that every question that somebody wants that can that needs to ask, they feel free to ask and are comfortable asking um, is extremely, extremely important. And so putting a plan together of how to appropriately communicate the new normalness, what is expected um, from the patient, but what is expected to occur in the dental appointment can be very intimidating to a patient. And so making sure that they're aware of what is being done and that their best interest is always the number one thing that's in mind. So one of the main things we have to be concerned about, Dr. Benjamin, is consistency. We want to make sure that the message that's communicated to the patient is the same from all the staff members. And of course, there's turnover issues where someone new comes on board. They're not really fully you know, up to speed about what's going on in the office as far as the new protocol. They may have come from another office that does things differently. We certainly don't want to have a different message 
going through the office to different patients, uh, that's not a way to instill confidence that patient feels that everything's under control. So what do you suggest is the best way to get everybody on board, relaying the same consistent message across the board, making sure that they follow the changes that are implemented, because this is very fluid and things are changing all the time. Well, Phil, you're 100% correct. Consistency in the message is the key to success. Making sure that everybody on the team is relaying the same message from start to finish. This is one of the reasons that having the staff involved from the very beginning, developing the message, developing the protocol, developing the timing of when it is delivered becomes very important. One of the things we have seen in the past in dental practices is a patient comes in that has a periodontal problem. The patient will it will hear from the hygienist that they need to have a deep cleaning. The dentist then comes in and tells them that they have periodontal disease and they need to have root planing and scaling. They then in turn go to leave the appointment and the person says, can I set you up for a cleaning appointment? Patient walks out with the idea, does anybody in that office know what they're talking about? Because we are all very familiar with the vernaculars that we use and what they mean. And at this time with the COVID virus, it is extremely important that this is why these new protocols are in place. We've developed them in my office with my dental team. While we were closed down, we used things like Zoom meetings to be able to meet, to be able to discuss what messages we wanna deliver, what changes we wanted to make in the message that we we were delivering. And so that our new changes that we made weren't conflicting things that we told the patient in the past. We looked at our communication systems that we have and how to best implement them to get the outcomes that we are looking for. We use, like many practices, we use an automated patient um, appointment reminder. Well, we changed that appointment reminder timing and messages significantly. We identified some of the problems that we've had in the past. So while we were changing them, we changed them in a way that not only corrected our past problems, but implemented the new normal that we have to deal with. One of the things that we have done, instead of having a, a two or three day in advance of their appointment reminder, we are now sending out a, an automated reminder to our patients two weeks in advance that, the, that due to the, the pandemic, there has been some significantly changes that have been made to, to the way we practice dentistry today. And we want them to contact our office so we can discuss that with them at their convenience. And in turn, when they do call the office, we're reviewing these changes with them verbally, that here are some of their new responsibilities that they have, and such as at-home screenings, that they're going to be required to wear a face mask, that we're going to be at their front desk at taking their temperature and asking them some questions there, that they're not allowed to have extra people come with them to their appointment. So we are, we're reinforcing that these are the changes on their behalf, but also telling them about some of the physical changes we've done to the office. We've added filtration, air purifiers and filtrations to keep it, to keep it clean. We are now possibly changing their appointment time slightly to minimize the amount of people that are arriving at the same time. So we have our staggered appointment starting, being aware of those things. After we've had this discussion with them on the phone, being done by a, by a staff member, we are then in turn 
forwarding it to them in writing so that they're very aware of it and what their expectations are that they should be performing at home. And we're either sending those via email, having them download it from the office website, being able to, um, to basically send it via snail mail. And each one is different than what is we ask the patient. What is the most convenient way for them to receive this information? You're asking the patient to reach back to the office by phone. What happens if the patient does not call the office prior to their appointment after they get this communication? What we're doing is we have a second appointment, a reminder that goes out one week in advance with a little bit more of a stern message. And that one, and I don't mean stern as far as nasty, but we tell them that it's extremely important that they contact our office. If they do not contact our office, we're going to need to reschedule them before they reschedule their appointment until we have this discussion. One of the big things for their safety and for the best utilization of their time is the at-home screening. If they have a fever over 100, well, we know that 100, 100.4 is what has been considered to be um, something that of a concern. Well, we've decided to drop the, the line down to 100 for simplicity's sake. If they have a body temperature over 100, if they have any of the standard COVID signs, we don't want them wasting their time coming to our office and being turned away at, at the reception counter because they have the symptoms. Being able to reinforce to the patient, we're doing this for their benefit and their safety. Anytime we communicate with a patient, it has to be for their benefit. Um, and if a patient does not contact us, we will then call them and leave a message that due to the fact we have not heard from you, we are canceling your appointment. So far, we have been extremely successful. We have not had a single patient not contact the office. Now, again, will, mm -hmm. it, will it stay that way? Who knows? But I think a lot of it has to do with how well we educated our patients in the past. At every appointment, we explain to them why their next appointment was important. Dentistry is never done. Dentistry is an ongoing management process. So when a patient is there for a routine hygiene visit, we emphasize why that visit is important, whether it's because they do not have a restoration in their mouth and they have a perfectly healthy smile and we want to keep it that way, whether it's a matter of they've invested thousands of dollars into restorative work and we want to make sure that we protect their investment. But every patient has a message and it's part of their clinical record that is tailored specifically to their case. And then we emphasize that dentistry is never finished because everybody should have their next appointment. What are some of the key questions the patient is asking when you speak to them before they come into the office? Is it safe? Is it necessarily important that they come in at this time? Are probably the, their two biggest concerns. And a lot of them will actually say, "Is all the are all these steps necessary?" And these are the these are the three big things we're saying. And we say, "Yes, the office is extremely safe. Here's what we have done to make it safe. Are these steps necessary? They're necessary for your benefit as the patient, and to protect not only yourself but our other patients and the community as a whole. And that's the whole idea: is having them understand that we're doing this for their benefit, not necessarily just ours." And that is a really important thing that, that gets through. Not that the government is mandating that we do these things. Not, in every, not, not that this is what we want to do to protect ourselves. We're doing it strictly for their benefit and their safety. 
When they call, though, Dr. Benjamin, you can't go over all the things you're doing on the phone. You'd be doing that all day long. So apparently they have, like you said, they have all this written, right? It's all documented, these changes, and that's emailed to them as part of that package? We have a patient education package about how to basically how to survive in the new world. And we have, it, we have it broken up into three separate pages from the office. One, the changes that we have made in the office to ensure their safety. Um, we have an overview letter of why these changes are necessary and the, how safe they'll be. And a third one is their responsibilities as a patient. You know, patients that have, have in the past have depended on dental practices to basically do everything. But why it is a, to their benefit that they do pre-screening. Why is it important to them that they wear a mask? And then we also include, here is a, the, the signs of the, of the COVID virus. Then these signs and symptoms are something that we want you to, to, to look at and understand. And if you have these symptoms, to contact your medical provider as quickly to make sure that you are being, being managed in an appropriate way. If necessary, let's, try, let's reschedule your appointment if you're unsure. We also included in the package that we sent to them various documents on basically patient advice from the CDC with the CDC logo on it. So we downloaded those from the Center for Disease Control website. So if they see that what we're doing is not because they've heard some misinformation on the news, but this is actually some of the recommendations that are there. How to make a mask at home that's inexpensive. Um, how to protect themselves, how to properly wash their hands, things that that we think are completely um, understandable, but to a patient may not to be. But it's reinforcing the way our practice is on top of all the of all the technology and all the recommendations that are out there. So it's a very subtle way of marketing, but more importantly, it's a way to help the patients understand that what we're doing is in their interest to keep them safe. You mentioned something offline with me about a pre-procedural antiviral rinse. And you also are doing some things in your office that you covered in a previous podcast about fogging the operatory and uh, air filtration, uh, high-speed evacuation devices. Are those things communicated to the patient so that they are familiar with it before they come in and they should, when they see things that are a little bit different, it doesn't alarm them? Yes. All that information, again, and as you mentioned, is, is all that detail discussed with them in the verbal discussion? And the answer is no. In the verbal discussion, we have made many changes to ensure your safety. And the, one of the pages that we're sending them are listing all the changes that are going on. That by when you arrive, you're going to be expected to wear a face mask. If you do not have a face mask on, there'll be one immediately available for you in a, in a bag inside of the door that you need to don before you go any farther into the building. And when you come in, we expect you to use a hand sanitizer to clean your hands and sanitize your hands so anything that you touch is not going to potentially contaminate other patients. And we're doing this so other patients don't potentially contaminate you. At the front counter, we're going to basically review all of the symptoms of the COVID virus and take your temperature there. If you have any of these symptoms, we are going to reschedule you and recommend that you contact your, your medical provider as quickly as possible. So they understand that what we're doing is in their interest. Having them see in writing that, gee, look at all the different things that we're doing now. And But again, part of the letter is reassuring them that what we have done in the past has been very adequate. We are now just enhancing our processes 
to ensure that they are going to be as safe as possible. We also, because of the nature of my practice and many practices, we have longstanding patients. Being able to know what patients may be at the most risk are people that we're having and we're designating which staff members should contact them that has a, either a, the closest relationship, whether it's myself, whether it's the hygienist, whether it's possibly an administrative person or a dental assistant to discuss of, hey, you have you are being treated or have been treated for you know for uh, with chemotherapy recently. The things that we need to do in dentistry are not that urgent at this time. Let's postpone your treatment, but let's ha- review what you can be doing at home to ensure that your dental health is staying in the best condition as possible. Making sure that they have basically. Um, I don't want to call it teledentistry, but teledentistry, oral hygiene instructions of being able to have the patients know that they can feel free to reach out to us at any time and that we will welcome that interaction. That is an extremely key point, the comfort that goes with it. While we were shut down, we were having various staff members contact the patients we felt that they were most at risk, the people that were by themselves at home those type of communications to have them feel that, boy, this office does care about me. Mm-hmm. It's not just that I'm a person that's coming in and, and paying them to do my dentistry. There's a, this is a place that truly cares about my overall health. Are you still and doing that, the, tel- the teledentistry at this point as we return back to the offices? We have a very active periodontal type of practice. Again, I'm a GP, but the idea that the patients that are on a three-month recare system need to be on that system for very obvious reasons. It's a matter of when you're being closed for almost three months, the people that you saw right before the closure are now the same people that are coming in afterwards. And with the idea of reinforcing to them why it's important for them to come in. A patient who has quality, I'm going to say oral health, these are the patients that we may be sliding a little bit more into the future to make room for the patients that urgently need to be seen today. And that's the whole idea is assessing every patient for their potential risk and benefit of coming to the office and making sure that as part of that discussion, that occurs. So when they call the practice, the beauty of the electronic health record, that no matter where you are, a patient calls, we can bring up that record, look at their potential concerns, their systemic health, their oral health, and discuss things very particular to them so they're hearing a consistent message to them that is going to be tailored to them that no matter who's delivering the message, that the message will be the same. Very, very important in these times. Yeah, so you covered um, communication very well, and I appreciate all the recommendations you've made, Dr. Benjamin. It's uh, critical that you keep your staff up to date on all these changes. Like, as, as I mentioned earlier, it's a fluid situation. So CDC comes out with new guidelines. These, of course, are the gold standard uh, that we base our decisions on as, as far as our infection prevention and control protocol. So I assume that uh, regular meetings with your staff are very important in order to get that consistent message to the patients, I assume. Yes. Well, as I always say, the two most valuable assets that my practice has is my knowledge as a clinician and the knowledge of my staff. And the idea that is more important than anything else I have in my practice and making sure that they are brought up to speed as I'm attending webinars, as I'm reading literature. If I feel it's something that 
they can benefit from, or if they've addressed a con- any a particular staff members addressed a concern in any area, that information gets forwarded to them that they can review it. So it's just not coming from me, but they're saying this is what's coming from the outside. I've been practicing long enough that I was trained in school before we wore gloves, before we wore masks. And when the HIV epidemic hit back in the in the 80s, we all moved into that type of, of situation. Do I see some of the things we're doing today staying around forever? And the answer is absolutely yes. Do I see things possibly being relaxed as far as when the pandemic is over? Are we going to need to be doing screening of, of our of our patients or various things along that line? And the answer, we're going to see some of that will probably start backing up when the when the pandemic is 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 over. And again, as you know, and I know, is we have no idea when that is going to occur. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot of the stuff continue, but we're going to see some of the stuff, you know, disappear. Um, the idea of wearing N95 masks, um, you know, and the idea of the respiratory protection plans that we have to have in place that go with that. Anybody that's wearing an N95 mask is required to fill out a medical assessment for themselves and have it reviewed by a healthcare provider to ensure that they're safe. Will we, will we go back to effective PPE without, I'll say, overkilling it? And the answer is very possibly yes. But in the same token is, is are we into a scenario that will it ever go back to the way it was back in February? And the answer is probably no. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to be somewhere in between. A hybrid approach to our uh, infection control protocol. So, well, as we mentioned in the previous podcast, the fact that we now have one-way pathways through the office. You know, will we see that going back to normal? Will we see go? Will we, will we eventually be able to go back to have patients in our waiting room and possibly those type of things? And the answer is yes. Um, but the idea is, who knows when that's going to occur? Um, We've always used a pre-procedural mouth rinse in my office. In the past, I've been using a chlorhex, a non-alcoholic-contained alcohol-free chlorhexidine. When the COVID virus hit, we've now switched to using either molecular iodine rinses or using um, an I, I, um, a 1.5 percent peroxide. Mm-hmm. You know, with the idea of uh, those type of changes may stay that way. And the idea is... As you mentioned, dentistry is very fluid. We are going to be changing what we do on a, I don't want to say a daily basis, but when I hire a new staff member, one of the first questions that we ask, and fortunately I don't have to hire a lot because my staff has been with me for years and some decades, it's a matter of how acceptable are they to change. And that's and that's a very, very important concept because if a person is very rigid and does not accept change well, probably practicing in the dental environment of today is not a good fit for them. We have to be fluid. We have to change as the needs change of our patients, as the needs change of society as a whole. And so, you know, this is something that is an extremely, extremely important that it gets communicated from that. And again, it's having our patients. There is no substitute for training patients. Mm-hmm. And we have right from day number one, part of our our patient management has been training them about what is expected um, in the office and what's expected for them to do at home. I always make the comment that we as dentists take way too much credit for our successes 
and a thousand times too much blame for our, the failures. Because as we know, patient compliance is the number one problem that we have in dentistry. This is a uh, situation where both the patients and the dental care providers have to work together. Same on the medical side. Uh, you know, if you go to the hospital today, just for a, if you if you if you do get treated in a hospital for not for COVID, but for just for your typical workup for your physical, when you're going into the hospital, that's where the uh, your internal medicine uh, office is. You, you'll get uh, a little a plastic band around your wrist saying that your temperature was taken, you've been screened. And and if you're if you're walking around the hospital without that band around your wrist, the security guy is going to tell you to have to you're going to have to leave. So there's protocol everywhere. That's just it's just different. Everything is going to be completely different. It's almost like in the days of the airport where you used to be able to go right up to the gate before security came into place. When that first was implemented, it was a major change in behavior going through security at the airport. And that that happened due to uh, obviously the 9/11 disaster. But uh, this is similar in in the same concept that it's a very uh, impactful game changer that occurred. Nobody expected it, and I expect there to be more pandemics down the road. I mean, I don't think you agree, right, Dr. Benjamin? This is not going to be the the last one we see. Hey, unfortunately, I have to agree. This is not going to be the last one we, that we see. Being prepared for the future, we we can't change the past. We can only change the, you know, the future. So pre-planning on what we are going to do in the future if this reoccurs or more importantly, when this reoccurs, what is our plan of making sure that, that our staff feels secure, that our patients feel secure is extremely important. One of the biggest problems we have today is the misinformation that's being circulated. And, and this is probably the most awkward thing to deal with. I heard from a friend of a friend of a friend who's, whose brother-in-law works in the hospital that this is what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. And we know that that most of the time is not terribly accurate. Mm-hmm. And your staff members even will, will, will get caught up in this. And it's always, which is going back to the, the comment about keeping your staff informed, making sure that, that the information that is being given to your staff, staff is scientifically documented, that this is the accurate information. Patients don't want to hear the answer is, I don't know from their healthcare provider. But in today's environment, the I don't know is probably a very accurate statement in many situations. But what we need to do is change that I don't know of I know what to do next. I know how to handle the, the situation. Mm-hmm. Because, we, you know, and this is, this is a very, very important concept of being able to not, I don't want to say argue with your patients, but being able to communicate to your patients that some of the things that they've been hearing are completely wrong. One of the problems that I have is that one of our local radio stations in my area treat the COVID virus almost like it's a football game. Today's score is, you know, so many deaths, so many new cases, you know, so many hospitalizations. And, and so the patients are, are getting very uptight and concerned about this. Mm-hmm. And the idea is, is the misinformation that's out there. And which is why, again, having the, the, the signs that we use in the office, reinforcing what we have sent them in the mail that was from the CDC, knowing that this is accurate information, not the way some news broadcaster or some relative or a friend has misinterpreted the information. Having them understand that you are doing things that are scientifically proven 
is um is extremely extremely important in new york right now dr benjamin are are we out of the non-essential procedures in other words uh, what what stage you are with implants and uh that kind of thing we are we are in the situation that we are now allowed to do anything but just because we can doesn't mean we should Mm -hmm. and and so what we are doing in our office is literally looking at our patients assessing them appropriately and treatments that are going to create a lot of aerosols that may not be urgent at this time there's things we may want to be postponing for another six months if we don't feel that there's going to be a progression of the disease process in six months postponing that treatment not eliminating it, but postponing it to a time when it's safer to identify patients that are more susceptible to um, the disease, do we want to put them in an environment that may be jeopardizing their health? And the answer is absolutely not. So just because we are now legally allowed to do things doesn't mean we should. Mm-hmm. And the idea is we've had, a, um, you know, again, New York City, and again, I'm about 250 miles from New York City, but again, it was at one time was the epicenter of the pandemic. And the amount of concerns that get lumped in where I'm in rural upstate New York and the similarities to New York City are about as far apart as you can possibly be. However, the concern for our patients should be exactly the same. That's the thing that's extremely important. You know, practicing rural dentistry is a little bit different than practicing urban dentistry because, again, your patients are your neighbors. They're your family. They're your friends. They are people that you're going to see both in the office and out of the office. One of the things that I've encouraged my staff to do is to reach out to um, some of the local small businesses and say, hey, we're available for you if you have questions or concerns about infection control, about getting supplies. I mean, I reached out to some of the hairstylists in the area and asked them how their ability was to get face masks, and they were having problems. I said, well, look. We've got a supply here. Let us help you protect our our people. Their clients are our patients. And so looking at how do we protect the community as a whole is a great, A, valuable for the community. It's also a phenomenal marketing campaign. Before we continue, I'd like to once again thank Midmark for sponsoring this podcast. There are costs involved in creating these podcasts. And if it were not for our sponsors, these podcasts would not be possible. Midmark is a great company, and if you're looking for a single-source leader for planning, equipping, and developing better utilization of operatory, imaging, instrument processing, dental cabinetry, and mechanical room solutions, I encourage you to go online and visit midmark.com dental. Knowing that you're there as a friend, a neighbor, as a healthcare professional to help guide them if they have a question. Don't be afraid if you've got a question. If you have a problem translating the immense amount of paperwork that we had to do here in New York, and our our New York Go go Forward plan, we had to actually complete a 15-page document of how we were handling all of these steps. Now, those of us in dentistry that are able to do this on a routine basis, it was no more than time-consuming. As far as for somebody who's running a hair salon or a nail salon or a small mop-and-pop restaurant, these are things that they're not used to dealing with. So knowing that that we as as healthcare professionals are available to advise, to help them, 
it is a great way to show that you care about them and the community as a whole. And that spreading, this is where the communication becomes very, very, very similar. Recommendations that, hey, you know, even though you're a hairstylist, what we recommend you do when you go home is the same we tell our patients. And as I told my staff, every day when you go home, we recommend that you change your clothes, put on and take a shower and put on clean clothes so that you're not taking anything from your facility, whether again, whether it's our dental practice or anywhere else, home to your family. Mm-hmm. Try to keep those separate. And those type of messages become very, very valuable because, again, it's showing that you not only care about your patients, but about your staff and not just your staff, but your staff's family. Yeah, this is a, d- a difficult time for everybody. And the um, insight that you provided us, Dr. Benjamin, has been fantastic. You certainly have decades of experience as a GP, and I hope that our audience uh, takes that into consideration when they're making decisions about setting protocol up in their practice to deal with this pandemic. Fantastic stuff. Thanks, Dr. Benjamin, uh, and hope to have you on another podcast in the near future. I really appreciate it. 